Today we're finishing up our current series on prayer. Prayer, lifeline to God. And quite honestly, I, I'm not going to cover everything in the series that I initially thought I would cover, but we'll come back to some of these ideas. I certainly don't want to just teach everything I know about prayer at the beginning of the year and then ignore the rest of the year. There's so much to learn about it, even after all these years of following Christ together as we have. There's always a lot to, to learn about prayer. And the focus this this series has been about how prayer is our lifeline to God and how we dare not go through life without exercising prayer, without tapping into this lifeline, because God's helping grace, God's help for us, answer to our prayers flows through prayer. And so we've spent the last couple of weeks of this series looking at why we need to pray daily and, and how to do it. And I think this is very important that this habit of daily prayer is very important because praying daily builds a foundation for believing that God will grant us His helping grace in our time of need. And, and quite frankly, you understand this, that building a foundation is important in any area of life. We understand the importance of having a strong foundation when building a house, for example, and I'm not a, a, a builder of, of houses, but we understand the importance of uh, when, when a house is being built, you've got to have a strong foundation. The foundation is very important. A solid foundation supports the house, even through the harshest of winter conditions, weather, winter weather for years to come. In fact, the integrity of the house is determined by the strength of the foundation. So the foundation is very important. And if I may continue the analogy that I used last week about running, the same is true of running. When a runner trains for a run, trains for a race, he starts by building a base before getting into the more difficult and more strenuous workouts. I've trained for two half marathons, and it always starts with base building. For several weeks, you build a base, build a base, and then, once you have built that base of running, then you start doing the workouts. You start doing the speed workouts and all the other things that come that are more difficult, more demanding. And so, in running, base building includes daily running, accumulating miles. And what it does, is it prepares the body for the difficult workouts that are to come. And it's just like building a house. If runners don't spend the right amount of time, they don't spend adequate time building a solid foundation of training, if they don't spend enough time building their base, then their bodies are going to break down when the hard workouts come. Their bodies will break down and there's going to be injuries and all kinds of things that will stop their progress. So building a base is important. Having a foundation for a house is very important. And daily prayer is much the same way. Daily prayer helps us to lay down a strong foundation for the trials that are to come, for our time of need that, that will come. If we don't spend time building our base, praying daily, if we don't spend time building a strong foundation, then when the problems come, we'll tend toward desperation and anxiety. But if we're praying daily, we'll be able to live with confidence because we've developed the faith and the strength to trust in God through our times of daily prayer. So that's what we've been talking about, the, the daily prayer, why it's important and, and how we can do it. And, and again, I, I go back to the same thing I say every week. If you haven't 
heard these sermons, please go to our website, listen to them, because they're, they're part of, of, of this context that we've been laying. And today I want to talk to you about praying for a breakthrough. How many of you need a breakthrough in your life? Anybody here need a breakthrough? We're going to look at a story in 2 Samuel chapter 5, beginning with verse 17. It reads like this. Now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them there, and he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore he called the name of that place Baal Perazim. The Lord has broken through. That's what God wants to do. He wants to give you a breakthrough, that breakthrough you need in your life. Now what is a breakthrough? Well, according to the dictionary, a breakthrough is a sudden, dramatic, and important advance. A sudden, dramatic, and important advance. Science has breakthroughs. Technology has breakthroughs. Medicine has breakthroughs. And aren't you glad of all those breakthroughs that, have, that we've seen in science and in technology and medicine? But you can also have a breakthrough in your marriage. Maybe you need a breakthrough in that area. Or you can have a breakthrough in another relationship that, that maybe there's some tension there. You can have a breakthrough in your career. How many of you need a breakthrough in your career, in your job? You need a breakthrough. Maybe you need a breakthrough in your health. The opposite of breakthrough is a setback. When, when Instead of moving forward, we, we end up going backward. And if we're not making progress, it may be in a certain area of our lives where we're stalled. We're, we're not really going backward, but we're not making progress. Then, I mean, that's almost like a setback because really we move to... Uh, we look to move forward in, in our career, in our relationships. and everything that we do, we want to move forward. Now, God often uses pain to get our attention. I know that's not the most comforting thought. And, and we wish it weren't that way. But God often uses pain to get our attention. C.S. Lewis said uh, that God whispers to us in our pleasure... But he shouts to us in our pain. And how many of you know that's true? He often uses pain to get our attention. And God often uses pain to prepare us for our breakthroughs. So if you're in some kind of pain today, if you're in, whether it's physical pain, emotional pain, relational pain, then congratulations because you may be getting ready for a breakthrough, the breakthrough that God wants to give you. But in this passage we just read, in 2 Samuel chapter 5, David was facing a painful situation. He was facing a scary situation. Verse 17 says that the Philistines, who were the enemies of, of the Israelites, and the enemies of the nation of Israel, the Philistines went looking for David. And it wasn't 
They, I mean, they weren't interested in a friendly visit. It wasn't like, go, visit, go, go look for David, let's hang out together. No, they were looking for him to come against him. The, there's a parallel passage to this story in First Chronicles. And so the parallel passage of this story in First uh, Chronicles tells us that the Philistines mobilized their forces against David. They mobilized their forces against David. And verse 18 says that the Philistines went and they deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. They, they spread out. They took their positions. And, and they were all coming against David. Can you imagine an entire army mobilizing against you? An entire army against you. They all were coming against David. And have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like an entire army was mobilized against you? Like nothing was going your way. Everything was against you and everybody was against you. And you don't know why, but for some reason everything's coming against you. There's an entire, there's an entire army that has mobilized, that has positioned themselves specifically, specifically to attack you, to come against you. It's a terrible feeling. I have felt that and I, I bet many of you have too. It's a terrible feeling. It's a scary feeling. And David was an experienced warrior. We know about that. He knew how to fight. He was experienced. He was strategic. He was intelligent. But he must have felt the burden of that moment of having an entire army coming against him. And they had their intelligence back then, their intelligence reports. And so he heard what was happening. He became aware and he must, must have felt the burden of that moment. And he needed a breakthrough. Now this story actually reminds me of another story of another king. His name was Je um, sorry, Jehoshaphat. King Jehoshaphat. Uh, we read about this in 2 Chronicles 20. And King Jehoshaphat had not one army like David had the Philistines come against him. But he had three armies that mobilized against him. And against the nation of Judah. So we read this in 2 Chronicles. Turn with me to 2 Chronicles 20. Look at the story beginning with verse 1. After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites, with some of the Meunites, came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hazazon, Tamar, in other words, is making progress. Uh, that is also known as Engedi. And look at verse 3. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Now, do you see the, the similarities there? David has one army that's mobilized against him. And Jehoshaphat has three armies that, that join forces together and they mobilized against him. And these armies are like when Satan comes against us. Because Satan doesn't care if it's David or if it's Jehoshaphat or if it's any of you. There are times that he mobilizes his forces against you just because you are a child of God. But I want you to see what David and Jehoshaphat both did when they faced these terrifying situations. The first thing David did, we read about this in verse 17, going back to the first passage you read in 2 Samuel. The first thing he did was 
He went to his stronghold. Verse 17 says that when David heard the news about the Philistines, he heard of it and he went down to his stronghold. Some translations of the Bible say he went down to his fortified place or to his fortress. David had built this fortress. David had built his stronghold when times were good, when things were going well. As an experienced warrior, he understood that even though things were going well at that time, there would come a time when he would need that stronghold for strength and for security. And we all need a stronghold when we're under attack. We all need some place to go for shelter. Some place to go for security. And this reminds me of another story of another king who faced another attack. This king's name was Hezekiah and the king that, or the general that came against him was uh, Sennacherib. Sennacherib came and, and strategized and was coming against King Hezekiah. And when King Hezekiah heard about it, the Bible says that he also became alarmed. But he went to the temple. Immediately, the first thing Hezekiah did is he went to the temple and he had the letter that he had received of the threats of, of uh, Sennacherib. And he had the letter and he went to the temple and he laid out the letter before God and said, God... This is what's going on. I need help. But the first thing that Hezekiah did was he went to the temple. David went to the stronghold. Now the temple in the Old Testament is really reminiscent or it's really a type of the church today. Because the presence of God was, was centered in the Old Testament in the temple. The temple contained, as it were, the presence of God in the Old Testament. It contained the Ark of the Covenant, which symbolized the presence of God. But now the, after Jesus coming and his death and resurrection, the scriptures tell us that now the church, the church, the, the, the church contains a presence of God. For we are, as a church, we are a temple of God, Paul says. Our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit, and the church is a temple of God. So just like Hezekiah went to the temple, just like David went to the stronghold, the reminder for us today is when we face these attacks, we need to find our strength and our security in what God has, has allowed and what God has built here on earth, and that is the church. The church is your stronghold. The church is your temple where the presence of God is. If you're a part of this church, this church is your stronghold when you're facing attacks. This is where you can turn in your time of need to seek God together with those in your family. The people of this church will pray for you. The people of this church will pray with you. They'll cry with you. They'll celebrate with you. God designed it that way. It's in the Bible. It's God's idea. And so God's answer, and here's the point, God's answer for your breakthrough includes you being a part of the church. One of the best ways to do this is, is certainly by, by coming regularly and by worshiping regularly. There's something about us worshiping together like we did this morning, about our hearts coming together and, and together our voices and our hearts lifting up our worship to God and about praying together, about seeking God together about praying for one another. And I think that one of the best ways to do this is to be a part of not just Sunday morning, but to be a part of our Wednesday night gatherings. Because Wednesday night is about community. 
It's about studying in community. It's about growing in community. It's about praying in community. When, I'm going to tell you this. Wednesday night is not designed in our church to be like Sunday school. Nothing against Sunday school. I grew up coming to Sunday school. But Wednesday night is not designed to be just a Bible study like Sunday school where you just kind of go through the lesson. It's much more than that. It's a true expression of the church. It's a true expression of praying with each other and studying together and laughing together. This past Wednesday, I was just so encouraged. I, you know, I'm in the back right now with the, with the youth. Um, we're praying for God to... Uh, to give us a youth pastor, and, and, and I'm believing it's going to be soon, but in the meantime, I'm teaching the youth, and, and so I'm, I'm back there, and, and after our, our time there, I went out to the front, and I see people talking, and eating, and laughing, and eating, and I know that you studied the Bible, and you ate, and you prayed, and you ate, I mean, and, I, and just seeing that, seeing the energy, the synergy that, that happens when we come together, and just talk, and how, how was your week? And, and, and share testimonies and share prayer requests. There's something about that that creates a stronghold for our lives. That reminds us that we're not alone when the enemy comes against us. So God's answer for your breakthrough includes you being a functioning part of the church. And I think one of the best ways to do this is to not limit yourselves to Sunday, morning on, Sunday mornings only. But to be a part of our Wednesday night community. So... David went to his stronghold. Hezekiah went to the temple. And David and Jehoshaphat and Hezekiah, all three did the same thing. They all three inquired of the Lord. Verse 19, we're back to 2 Samuel 5. Verse 19 tells us that David inquired of the Lord. Jehoshaphat did the same thing. He inquired, he resolved, the Bible says he resolved, to inquire of the Lord. He made up his mind. What I've got to do now. Is I've got to pray. I've got to seek God. They, they prayed. Hezekiah went to the temple. And he laid out this threatening letter. And he prayed. Because they all knew. Where the answer would come from. Jehoshaphat was alarmed. The Bible says. He was terrified. But he went straight to God. For help. How many of you know the feeling of being alarmed, of being terrified? It's a scary thing. Because you can, you can fall into a depression. You can feel helplessly paralyzed. But you can also turn to God and cry out to Him for help. And this is the right thing to do. To seek God in prayer. When you face those attacks, when you need a breakthrough, you go to your stronghold, you go to your church family, but you also seek God in prayer. You inquire of the Lord. That's what David did. He inquired of the Lord. That's what Jehoshaphat did. He resolved to inquire of the Lord. Don't ever step into any situation don't ever make any decision. Don't go into any battle without first inquiring of the Lord. Now, maybe you're more like David than Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was alarmed. Hezekiah was terrified. David, we don't read that he was terrified. We read that he went to the stronghold and he inquired of the Lord. And maybe it's because, again, he was an experienced warrior. 
and he, he knew how to strategize, and uh, certainly must have been a burden for him to face this, and, and certainly was, but we don't read that he was terrified. So maybe you're more like David, and you're facing the battle, but you're not afraid, you're, you're confident, you're feeling courageous. Well, that's good, but don't step out on your own. Inquire of the Lord. God, what should I do here? Is this a battle I need to fight? Is this the hill I want to die on? Or, or, or should I just let it go and let you take care of this without me stepping in? Don't face the battle alone and don't face it without direction from God. And that was David's question to God. Should I go into this battle, Lord? Should I fight? Now, he knew how to fight. He knew, he knew what the first step was. He knew how to strategize. He knew, he knew how to use intelligence. But he asked God, should I do it? Just because I can do this, this... This doesn't mean I should do it. Should I do this, God? Should I fight? That should be our question, too. Should I take up this battle? Now, David needed a breakthrough. But he knew the breakthrough wouldn't come from something that he could do, even though he, he could do lots of things. This is a man who killed a lion and a bear, and he sought them out to kill them. So he could do lots of things. But he knew the answer. He knew the breakthrough would come. Not from what he could do, but from what God could do. So he sought God. So if you need a breakthrough, if you're facing a difficult time right now, and it's a scary situation, and you're tending toward, toward depression and toward giving in or giving up, then seek God. Ask Him. Call out to God. Do like David. What do I do? Do like uh, Jehoshaphat and, and, and inquire of God. Do like Hezekiah and take the threats of the enemy, those thoughts that go through your head that keep you up at night. Take them to God and say, God, here's what I'm hearing. What do I do? Help me here. It's urgent praying. And so here is, here is a, the point behind this. Urgent praying built on a foundation of daily praying, will lead to your breakthrough. Urgent praying, built on a foundation of daily praying, which we just talked about, daily praying will lead to your breakthrough. And that's what we've got to learn to do. Set the foundation, build the base with your daily prayer time. Even when things are going well and you think, oh, I can skip today. No, build that foundation because when the storms of life come, when the attacks come, when the threats come from the enemy, then you can call out to God with urgency and with confidence knowing that you have built that, that base. Not, not in the sense that you've earned some credit from God. We never earn anything from God. But because you've built your, your spirit, your soul has been strengthened to trust in God. And so you build your urgent praying on top of that daily praying, and that positions you for the breakthrough you need. Now, in these parallel stories, you're talking about David, we're talking about Jehoshaphat, we went through in Hezekiah, because they're similar stories. But they all prayed, but Jehoshaphat went a step further. He not only inquired of the Lord, but the Bible says that he also fasted, and he called the nation to fast. Because fasting and prayer go together oftentimes. You know that. Now fasting, fasting means to go without food for the purpose of reorienting our minds or orienting our minds and our hearts toward God. Fasting means to go without food 
for the purpose of orienting our minds and hearts toward God. It's not uncommon in Scripture for people to fast in times of great need. When they need a breakthrough, to fast. In fact, our bodies seem to know this. Have you noticed that? Our bodies seem to know this. When we go through times of great need, when we face threats and attacks from the enemy, when we face difficult situations that come to us in life, and when we need a breakthrough, have you noticed how oftentimes our, our bodies seem to know that we, we need to fast? How often do you lose your appetite when you're going through a trial? Your appetite just shuts down. Does that ever happen to you? And your loved ones say, you, you got to eat something. When somebody loses a loved one to death, you're like, oh, the pain. And what happens? Your, your family, your friends, they gather around you to encourage you, to support you, to pray for you, and to feed you. They say, you got to eat something. You need your strength. And you're like, I just, I don't feel like eating. I, I try to eat, and I don't want to eat anything. There's, a, there's no longer a desire for food. Because of the urgency, because of the pain, because of the sorrow you might be going through. So fasting is when we replace our desire for food with a desire for God. When we replace our desire for food with a desire for God. And here's what you need to know about fasting. Fasting combined with prayer will unleash God's power in your life will unleash God's power for your breakthrough. Fasting and, prayer and praying is like that, are like that one-two punch that we need in our time of greatest need. It positions you for a breakthrough. And so sometimes praying, urgent praying, built on daily praying, that's enough to get us through. But sometimes we need something more. Sometimes the situation is, is just serious enough that we need to go a step further like Jehoshaphat went a step further and he, he fasted and he called his nation, his people of Judah to fast. And sometimes that's the step you need to take. That's the step you need to add to praying, to urgent praying and daily praying. That's the step you need to add for your breakthrough. Now fasting is not, it's not easy. It's not easy. And I certainly don't have time to cover all the aspects of fasting right now. But a lot of times people would rather do something else than to fast. Now in the scriptures, fasting means to go without food. I mean, that's what, that's what the word means in the scriptures and in, even in contemporary life. When your doctor tells you, I want you to go in, uh, I want you to come in tomorrow for some lab work, and you need to fast. After midnight. What's he telling you? Don't eat, right? A lot of times we want to replace what a real fast is with another type of fast. Like people say, well, I can't fast food, but I'll fast social media. Well, that's great. I mean, I think you should do that. But that's not what the Bible is talking about. In the Bible, fasting is going without food, period. Now, do I think you should fast social media? Yes, actually I do. And probably if you're fasting and praying, it wouldn't hurt for you to fast social media or fast TV or fast from... Anything else? I think those things are great. But don't use that to replace what the Bible calls us to do, which is to fast. Uh, a, a, a real fast, a, a true meaning of the word fast. 
So I'm not saying that fasting from other things is wrong. I think it's great, and I think we should do that. But don't let that replace what we're called to do. And, and what our bodies, our bodies know when we're going through trials. So what kind of fasting should, should you do? Well, I mean, really, that's up to you. Some people will, will do a, a full fast for a day. Other people will, will do a partial fast, which maybe, you know, that could be uh, fasting a meal or two a day. Some people, so for some people, a partial fast is, is limiting themselves to certain types of food, you know, not doing the, the rich foods, but doing the vegetables. And I mean, there's any way you can do that. That's really up to you. Uh, just know that sometimes we need fasting, and that's what gets us over the hump for a breakthrough. And it might be fasting one meal a day. I, I think that's fasting. I know some people say, well, that's not fasting. One meal a day? How is missing one meal a day fasting? Well, we're not talking about missing a meal a day. We're talking about fasting a meal a day. There's a difference. There's a difference in intentionality between just missing a meal a day or fasting a meal a day. A difference in intentionality. There's a difference in purpose. And if your purpose when you fast a meal is to draw near to God, to spend that time praying, then it's just a meal. It's just one meal. But you'd be surprised how powerful that can be. Or maybe you can fast a little bit more. For the past uh, few years, my um, habit has been to do one 24-hour fast per week. And I do this most weeks, and some weeks I don't. And in the summertime, I, I, I don't usually do it. But uh, during the, uh, the rest of the year, I do a 24-hour fast. And it, honestly, I call it a 24-hour fast. It's more like 23 hours. And uh, in fact, the way I do this is... Uh, it, it involves me fasting two meals. So what I do, and I usually do it on Tuesday nights. After supper on Tuesday night, I don't eat anything else the rest of the evening. Believe me, that's hard for me because I'm used to a, a little snack before I go to bed. I, just about every night. Ask my kids. If you were to ask them what I have before I go to bed every night, it's usually vanilla wafers and milk. And I love that. It's just, that's almost every night. And they know that. So for me to, to fast that snack, that's hard. And then I'll fast breakfast and I'll fast lunch. And then Wednesday evening, I'll, go, I'll have supper. So I, I don't fast supper. Uh, you know, I eat supper Tuesday and I eat supper on Wednesday. And it's a little bit less than 24 hours, but that's a cycle that, that works for me. And it's a challenge. It's a challenge for me. But it really gets my attention. It really orients my mind and my heart toward God. That's what I do. That's what I do. You may want to do more. You may want to do a true, you know, fast of uh, uh, 24 hours or more. I mean, if you don't eat a full day breakfast, lunch, and dinner, that's really more than a 24-hour fast. Maybe that's what you want to do. Maybe you want to fast just one day. But there comes a time when the urgency of the moment really calls you to fast. Or there's also something called fasting as unto the Lord, where you don't do it because you're in trouble because you need a breakthrough. You just do it as worship to God. That's the way I do my, that's the way I see my, my weekly fast. It's just worship unto God. Either way, prayer and fasting go together and they position us to receive God's answer. They unleash God's power for your breakthrough. So what did these men do? They went to the stronghold, went to the temple, 
That's the church family. God's plan for helping you through life. For doing life together. They all prayed. Urgent praying built on daily praying. On the foundation of daily praying. And then they added, or Jehoshaphat rather, added fasting to praying. David fasted also. Other uh, Bible characters, we, we see how they fasted. Because fasting, which is replacing our desire for food with a desire for God, unleashes God's power. And the result of all these were that God answered David's prayer and God gave him a breakthrough. That's how David uh, describes it. As we go back to 2 Samuel 5, verse 20, David went to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them there, and he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, he called the name of that place Baal Perazim, which means... Belparazim means the Lord breaks through or the Lord has broken through. He named that place the Lord has broken through. And so that's how God answers. That's why I said it unleashes the power of God for your breakthrough. And if you need that power of God, then follow the example of these men. Because God wants to break through your enemies. God wants to break through your situation. He wants to, the, the New Living Translation says, He wants to burst through. David said, God has burst through my enemies. Like a breakthrough of water. We all know the power in flowing water, don't we? It's, it's amazing. Even in a city street here, that if we receive a lot of rain and the water is flowing, it's dangerous. That's why the slogan from the National Weather Service, turn around, don't drown. It's a great slogan because it's a reminder of the danger of flowing water. Can you, can you imagine not in a city street, but in a flowing river, a waterfall I mean, where the water is just gushing, it's just breaking through, can break through rock. And that's why David said, God has broken through like a breakthrough of water. That's what God Wants to do in your life today. Do you need a breakthrough this morning? In some area. You might say I, I need God so much right now. I need God to break through in my marriage. Or my health. Or my job. Or my finances. I need a breakthrough. Turn to God. Go to the stronghold. The church. Urgent praying. Built on daily praying. Add fasting. In some way or some shape or form, add fasting to your prayers and see how God will break through in your situation. And maybe you're saying, Pastor, I'm, I thank God that things are going well right now. Well, thank God for that. We have our, our moments, don't we? I mean, our whole life is it's a life of trusting God and, and uh, whether we're going through trials or things are clicking, we give God the glory. Thank God for the fact that you don't need a breakthrough in any area right now, but be faithful in building that foundation of prayer, building that base for your life. And maybe even every once in a while, fast as unto the Lord for no reason, for no breakthrough, just because part of your worship is unto God. But either way, remember that God 
is powerful enough to break through your situation. And he wants to do that because God cares about you. God loves you. You're important to God. And this is our time to turn to God and to God's plan for our lives. This is a time to believe God for our breakthrough. So we're going to do that today. We're going to pray. We're going to seek God. We're going to commit to the things that God has put in place for us. The church, prayer, fasting. We're going to commit to those things. Because that's God's plan for our victory. That's God's plan for our breakthrough.